0: Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppi. I'm excited to be joined by Amy Just from the Lincoln Journal Star. Amy, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, of course. Happy to come on.
0: So talking about the Iowa-Nebraska matchup Friday, Black Friday once again. Nebraska-Alaska, I checked a two and a half point favorite in this. Mm-hmm. They're coming off three close losses here. It seems like they just can't quite finish these games
1: yeah and they it's all been for different reasons like there's not one particularly common thread between them but yeah it's uh what stings the most is that they have been in position to become bowl eligible with one win for the last three weeks so it's been just a bunch of salt in the wound with every single loss and they've all been close but that's not a unique to this year problem that's a nebraska problem that's happened for a couple years so
0: well a quarterback a familiar last name for iowa fans who saw four years of playing against brock purdy what should they expect to see from his brother chubba which by the name by the way great football name right there chubba purdy
1: yeah so it's a nickname his his god-given name is preston but uh (laughs) this the story is that he was I don't know how heavy he was at a year old, but like way bigger than every other one year old I've ever heard of. And so Chubba uh, was the nickname and it stuck. So, um, but yeah, so if you wanted to know why, you know, Brock has a normal name and Chubba is Chubba. Well, there you go. It's actually Brock and Preston. But yeah, um, Iowa fans need to know that he's he's really speedy. He's not as... Uh, fast is Heinrich Harburg, but he's more shifty. All you need to know, you need to go back and watch the rushing touchdown he had in the first quarter last week. That will tell you a lot about who he is. Um, he makes, when he's in the pocket, he makes a lot of really fast throws. They're darts, guys, like absolute darts. Um, a lot of quick passes, and then he'll, he'll error one or two out. Um, Like that touchdown he had with Jalen Lloyd, again, in the first quarter last week. Um, He's really confident. He's nursing an injury, um, but he's been dealing with it all season. And and he might need surgery after the season. So if that just shows you just how tough that he is, just gritting it out. But yeah, uh, Matt Rule officially named him the starter for Friday uh, during today's press conference.
0: And then it seems like with the running back situation, Grant was kind of the guy going into the season and now it seems to be a little bit of a change in the order a little bit of a change in the pecking order since then.
1: Yeah. So, He really fell down the pecking order because he's had some fumble issues. Uh, It happened during training camp, and then it's happened again this season. Uh, So the starting running backs earlier this year were Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. Gabe Irvin had a season-ending hip injury, and Ramir Johnson had a season-ending shoulder injury. They happened in the same game, by the way, y'all. Same game. Um, And so they turned to redshirt freshman uh, Emmett Johnson and uh, anthony grant um as of right now we're recording this just before 11 a.m on wednesday uh anthony grant is questionable he left the game with an injury that i can't remember off the top of my head too many nebraska football injuries for me to keep track of and nebraska basketball it's just all kind of <laughs> going together for me but yeah so he's questionable as of right now so i would look toward um Emmett Johnson, the redshirt freshman, getting the bulk of those carries in addition to uh, Chubba leading the way, as he did last week.
0: And then it wouldn't truly be a Big Ten West, Iowa-Nebraska preview without talking about offensive lines. What's kind of been the, with first-year Matt rule, what's kind of been the situation there on the line, and how well have they been able to, kind of between both protecting the quarterback and giving whichever running back it's been who's been healthy? a chance to maybe get some bigger yardage.
1: Yeah, again, a common theme with this Nebraska offense, injuries. (laughs) Um, They lost uh, one of their starting tackles earlier this season um, due to, I think, a season-ending foot injury, um, uh, Turner Corcoran. And then they lost uh, one of their starting guards, um, both on the left side of the line, um, due to a gruesome Awful, very bad knee injury. Like, he's in a wheelchair bad. Um, So the left side of the line has changed a lot. Um, And so that's been very interesting to watch. But all in all, it hasn't been as bad as um, in years past. I think they've done a pretty okay job at pass protection. And they've been pretty good in the run game as well.
0: And then on the defensive side of the ball, when I was looking through the numbers, one of the things that really stood out to me early on was, wow, they are doing a really good job, a much better job against the run. What's kind of spurred this pretty dramatic year-to-year improvement?
1: Yeah, the defense is completely different. The faces are mostly the same, but the scheme is very different. Um, they Their base defense is a three-three-five but they do bring down um, like a linebacker um, sometimes on the rush, or you have like a Rover who's like a safety, but kind of a linebacker just kind of in the middle that's involved in their run game quite a bit too. So, um, and then they're not afraid to safety or corner blitz when the opportunity presents itself. And it's been successful when they've dialed that up. So they, they, And I'm just talking about the defense in general, Mm -hmm. not just necessarily the run, but they also rotate a lot because they're trying to keep everybody fresh. They're trying to keep um, just everybody, uh, like I said, fresh as possible. Um, But yeah, you go back and you look at the snap counts and like for that first game against Minnesota I think they had like 18 guys in on the first defensive draft. Like they're just constantly rotating guys. And it's worked for them. Um I think this team again this is pass defense, but um mm-hmm. 30 sacks, 30 sacks this season. Um that's the highest total since 2013. So they are very dominant in both run and pass. Um and then with the run defense, if you look at them say oh they're allowing opponents this that's even like more out of whack because Michigan just ran roughshod over them so if you take that game out it it's it's even worse for opposing offenses so yeah I was definitely gonna have to worry about that definitely gonna be a defensive battle for sure
0: The over-under being down to 26 and a half. I didn't realize that that was even possible to get an over-under that low.
1: I didn't either. I didn't either. I've never seen one that low. I mean, you cover Iowa, so I feel like this is like here every week. Wow. An over-under that's really, really low. All-time low. And then it just keeps getting lower. Yeah.
0: This is probably the fourth all-time low over-under that I've covered this season. It just keeps on getting lower. I think this one is actually going to hit the over.
1: I don't know how it wouldn't, but don't take betting advice from me, (laughs) um, dear dear listener. But yeah, I just... But then again, it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy because it's always windy. And these are two of the worst passing offenses in the country. Like... Uh, on our podcast that we do, um, my co-host found a stat. Iowa and Nebraska have the worst offen- passing offenses in the park. The only three teams that are lower than them are the three service academies. That's bad. It is. And for Nebraska and, I guess, for Iowa, injuries have just really limited things. Um Nebraska's starting its third different quarterback on Friday. Three different quarterbacks have started at least two games for Nebraska this season, because this will be Chuba's second start.
0: Like, like You wonder crazy. how much different it would be if this was like a week one game. Obviously, that's not how the schedules work. Yeah. But when both teams have lost so much on Iowa, McNamara, Lachey, all, you can go down the list. Now Dejean on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'd be talking about like a 32 over under if this is earlier in the season.
1: Could be, could be. But yeah, it's going to be really cold. It's going to be really windy. So for folks who are going to the game, uh, wear layers, wear your base layers, bring in your uh, hand warmers. It's going to be chilly in there. Um, And the wind always makes it worse, especially if you're sitting in the North Stadium. Because that's where some of the opposing fan section is. One is in South and one is in North.
0: I remember two years ago, it was just like a beautiful day. And I was thinking, oh, it'd be nice if that would happen again. And yeah, no. It's Midwest in November.
1: I can't remember what it was like in Iowa City last year. Because I was coming off of the flu and I was a little delirious. And probably shouldn't have been there. (laughs) Not that I was, I wasn't contagious anymore, but.
0: I was going to say, you didn't get me sick, most importantly.
1: Of course, but yeah, I just I was a little delirious and I don't remember much about the weather. There wasn't snow either. on the ground. There wasn't snow. Um, Yeah, honestly, the things I remember most about that game is Garrett Nelson parading the Heroes Trophy around the field and Mickey Joseph's son sitting in on his press conference with him. That's all. That's really all that comes to mind.
0: How much is it a big deal to them that they've had this heroes trophy over the last year? Is that something that, you know, obviously, like you hear the typical player things about rivalry game is important, but has that meant much to get that back?
1: I think so, uh, because it's in the like where the football offices are and they walk by it every day. So, yeah, I think so, even though the majority of the staff wasn't here the players were and I don't know I just think it meant it just means a lot to them because they hadn't had it for a while
0: and then special teams that played a factor two years ago the last time Iowa was in Lincoln is this an area where Iowa can maybe get an advantage or is Nebraska a little more sound oh it sounds like not so sound
1: so they're an enigma so they have both blocked a field goal and a punt this season but um they're really leaky um their their starting punter who is by all accounts good has had some really bad games and I don't want to call them uncharacteristic because it might be coming that way I'm not sure what's going on with him but he had a really rough day last week um And that helped Wisconsin win. Because normally he flips the field. Not that day. And then they just can't return punts. Or they refuse to, depending on the game. Just They are one of the worst teams in the FBS at punt returns. So that's not helping the situation at all. And then... When you have Iowa a team that frankly has the best punter in the country and mm-hmm. should be winning all of the awards if he doesn't, I will be upset because he deserves them. yeah um, that is such a game changer because he can flip the field so well, even if Iowa's offense is struggling. and Nebraska hasn't done very well this season when they've been backed up inside their ten. So, I don't know. And then they've got a Nebraska has a freshman kicker, like true freshman kicker. So he's had his ups and downs as well. Um, He's probably been the most reliable um, recently, even though he went one for two last week. But yeah, I am not optimistic, but they've shown they can do some good things, but not last week. Last week is special teams is where Wisconsin won that battle.
0: Well, do you have a score prediction at this point in the week?
1: Um, I had Nebraska thirteen, Iowa nine. Um, that would be
0: a very Iowa Nebraska score.
1: Yeah, I just think that the it'll be, you know, there won't be a whole lot of offense, but Chuba Purdy will break one, and that'll be the deciding. <laughs>
0: I have 1916 Iowa, but I think it could be a very competitive game. And I would not be surprised to see Nebraska keep the heroes trophy. It seems also like, you know, as you're mentioning with having that sixth win that has been so elusive. Nebraska still is fighting for a lot. And okay, Iowa is playing for their tenth win. They were emphasizing that a lot this week, but it's not quite the same as, okay, does your season continue? So yeah. I,
1: I mean, think that like, could you look be at, a
0: trap game for Iowa.
1: It could be. I mean, you look at last season, right? Like last season was a trap game for Iowa, but they had everything to lose. Iowa had everything to lose last year, and Nebraska had nothing to lose. They knew their head coach wasn't coming back because it had leaked that they were hiring Matt rule. And, you know, like Nebraska played free and loose last year, and that's part of why they won. And so, but I also wonder if the inverse of that is true. Nebraska has everything to lose mm-hmm. and Iowa has nothing to lose. So, except I guess maybe a better bowl game.
0: Yeah. But and even then, you look at it after Michigan or Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, it's Iowa and then probably a drop off in the bowl order. So they might not even have that to lose.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But if I had to give a score prediction, I'm going to say Nebraska and not because I'm a homer. I just think I didn't go to Nebraska for the record. Um, I just, I don't know. I think this is going to be a very ugly uh, farewell to the Big Ten West, even though there are some Big Ten West games on Saturday. But I just think this is, um, this is the farewell that, this division deserves
0: this whole season has been the farewell that <laughs> this division deserves. Yes. You have, let's see, I think it's one team above 500 in conference right now. Like, yeah. it's a very Big Ten West year. And I thought Nebraska, it was yeah. that way, but it's been yeah. even more that way than I think anybody could have imagined. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Nebraska still. Last week if I if Iowa would have lost and Nebraska would have won, Nebraska still could have made the championship game, which is just
0: fascinating to me. That could have been a five and four team with a shot at Indianapolis there.
1: It's like the NFC South.
0: Yes. It's worse. <laughs> Well, Amy, thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode. Until next time, we will talk OX later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.